1: Hello and welcome to the NZ Ahead podcast. Today, me and Brian, I've got a really special guest for you. We have got Brett from Starwood Pet Travel. They are a, a company who bring pets over, well, they take them all around the world, actually, but we're going to be talking about bringing pets to New Zealand. Before we jump into the show, I just, I, I, I feel the need to tell you this. I just think it's really important that you know. So the, what you're about to hear is a conversation between me and Brian and Brett, who is the CEO of Starwood Pet Travel. And when we got on the Zoom call with him this morning, it was supposed to just be a, I don't know what the word is, a strategy call, a planning meeting of how we could have a podcast that brought value to people who were had lots of questions about bringing pets over to New Zealand. And this lovely guy, this who you're just about to meet, he's the CEO of this big company. And he was just in his house with all his dogs wandering around him. And he's like, hey, you know, if you want to just chat now, let's just chat now about, about the whole process. And I just, I feel the need to tell you that because you will know as much as I do how special that is when someone just loves their company, loves what they do, loves pets so much that they can just right off the bat, just go, yep, anything you want to know, I can tell you about our company. He's just come back from New Zealand. He's done a big trip over to New Zealand to tour all the quarantine facilities and is chatting to the airlines to make sure everything is top notch. I just can't say enough about this guy. I really can't. He's just such a lovely man. And yeah, I just wanted to (laughs) to just put that in. The other thing I promised to say as well before we started this conversation was everything that we talk about here is as of today, it's as of March 2023. So before you bring your pets over to New Zealand, check out whether these requirements have changed and whether different countries have got different regulations. Just stay up to date with it because Brett did say to us, he said, they change from week to week, sometimes day to day. You are going to absolutely love this guy as much as me and Bri love talking to him. So sit back and enjoy Brett from Starwood Pet Travel.
0: Got it, got it, got it.
1: to the NZ Ahead podcast. Everything you need to know about moving to and living in New Zealand.
0: There's a whole world here.
1: so nice to be with you again. We call it all around here, huh. You'll be right. We are your hosts, Liz and Brian.
0: Amazing New Zealand in the southern seas. See, that's where I belong. That's home.
1: So yeah, we can just carry on this conversation, so... Brett, thank you so much for joining us this morning and talking about the, the massive topic of of shipping your pet over to New Zealand. Thank you.
2: Absolutely. Uh, excited to be here with you guys.
1: Can you just tell us a little bit about your company and what it is you do, what services you offer?
2: Yeah, uh, so Starwood Pet Travel has been around for over 30 years. Uh, it's based out of the US, but we have other brands that specifically focus on pet travel around the world and Europe and in Uh, South and Central America, and we focus purely on people's pets, uh, making sure we reunite families as they are relocating for personal, for work, uh, for military, uh, whatever it might be that uh, pets are, uh, we always say pets have moved from the backyard to the living room, to the bedroom, and now to (laughs) the bed for a lot of people. And so when they move, uh, getting their pets with them, is a huge part of the move and we hear it time and time again that i don't care if my furniture uh, sinks in the ocean as it's going across or the car doesn't make it don't do anything to my dog
1: Uh,
2: that's a part of our family and so that's what we get the joy of doing is uh, bringing families back together uh, all over the world with new zealand being always one of our top destinations
1: Oh, there there are so many questions I want to jump in here and ask you about. Um, lots of people on our community have used a Starwood Pet Travel, so we 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 love you guys already. But it's just we just want to jump in. There's, there's always little questions in my mind. When we emigrated from the UK, we didn't have pets, and nice. um, I always think, wow, you know, it's it was almost like a relief that we came here and bought our pets when we were here. But yeah, it's it. They're more important than your kids, Brett. You know, they're
0: just <laughs> yeah. But you know what? I, I I look at people and they spend money on bringing pets over to New Zealand, and it's cheaper than kids.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> a, a, a
0: lifetime of kids is just a fortune. It's just like you. It's just like you did another mortgage, don't you? so yeah what, as a dad of three girls i definitely understand yeah. Right now. <laughs> For sure.
1: yeah i looked it up the other day actually and something like if you have a child it costs you something like three hundred thousand dollars or something like that a like, day. <laughs> yeah. so so you ship worldwide then so you 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 you, do, you can deal with people in the uk and south africa is that right you you ship worldwide
2: Yes, Uh, so we have different brands that are in the different uh, areas, and so we have staff in those local. Uh, We always tell people when they are transporting their pet, where the pet starts is the most important piece, because most of the work is going to be done there, the vet work, the planning, the flights. And so each country, if you're leaving from Japan, there's different rules compared to the U.K., compared to the U.S., and so we have teams uh that work in each country to make sure that the vet appointments because we like to help the customer out uh full service so a lot of times people are hiring us to bring their pet to the vet for them to make sure all the paperwork is correct because the worst thing you could do is after all months of planning to come down to technicality and there are some countries it literally comes down to the color of ink used on the piece of paper Or Mexico is famous for refusing things if it is month, day, year instead of day, month, year. Mm -hmm. And something as small as that, that a vet doesn't spend a lot of time doing paperwork for people's pets going overseas. And so we're our team. That's what we focus on. So we're able to help people ensure that all those things are proper. So it's the shortest travel possible for a pet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what? I always say this. There are some things when you're emigrating that you spend money on getting an immigration advisor. I know we didn't, but it was like 13 years ago. So it was a lot easier. But now when you look at the paperwork, when you hear the stories of people who are trying to do it themselves, and like you say, you know, there's just some things. Look, if you can afford it and it can make your life this easier, just let the professionals do it. Yeah, Just let them help you out. I
0: remember just just down to like you're saying with certain things, it was like, you need a certified copy of your birth certificate. And I'm like, well, this is the original birth certificate. Why do I need a certified copy of it? and and it's you don't realize that you get that from the registrar like you know and i remember when our kids were born and and getting them registered he said do you want a certified copy and i'm like why do i need that And he said oh you never know i said how much is it he said 15 pounds and it was cheap like you know and it's like yeah i'll have one of those so that that saved me so much heartache Mm -hmm. you know just just those little details isn't it just one thing Yeah. yeah yeah
2: it is we had this um a famous chef in the in the States and we moved her uh, pet and she did a podcast after the move. And she said a funny line that's always stayed with me. She told her audience, she's like, you don't want to know what I paid, but it was the best part of the move. Yeah, She's like, it was by far the best part of the move. And what yeah. we always tell people is it is going to be, when people relocate, it's already incredibly stressful. Yeah. And a lot of times people are relocating for work. And so a change of a job, change of house, all this stuff are already at the top of the stress pyramid. And then you put the pet in and all the unknowns and the uncertainties of what airlines to use and what paperwork and how to ensure this. And and so we always encourage people, like if you want to try to do it yourself and the country allows, a lot of countries are changing that and not even allowing people to do it themselves because there has been so many issues of incorrect crates to paperwork and issues at the airport. And and as you can imagine, people get so frustrated. You get there the day of the airport, day of your travel, you bring your pet and the documents aren't right. And um, the airline rejects you, but you have your flight. And so now what are you going to do yeah, at exactly. that point? And so people don't realize that, you know, it's, a, it's already very stressful. So working with a company like ours where – That's what we do we don't focus on the other sides we're not going to help you move your household goods or help you with your immigration paperwork for you but we can ensure that your pets can arrive there and we have relationships with airlines and we can know the process so it saves you a lot of headaches
1: that's fantastic yeah i totally agree so Let's pretend that I'm living in the U- U.S. and I want to ship my my dog. How do the, what does the process look like from start to finish? I'm moving to New Zealand and I want to bring her with me. How does that look?
2: Yeah, so we always tell people if you are starting the process, it's good to bring in a professional in the beginning. The price doesn't change, but the headaches do. Um, if you start from the beginning, it at least ensures the vet work and paperwork go in the proper order and we don't have to go backwards. I was just seeing a customer today, their rabies stuff was all wrong. And so now they got to like restart. And if we would have started in the beginning, like we would have been able to catch things right away. Because, and for New Zealand specifically, you know, your microchip on your pet is the pet's identity. Uh, people don't realize, people think it's more if my pet gets lost, that's my microchip. The microchip actually doesn't help you at all when your pet's lost. Yeah. Uh, your microchip is just a nine thirteen digit number. and that's it. That's all it is, but it's the identity of the pet. So it does tie the pet to the paperwork. And so New Zealand with their biosecurity uh, rules like that's the only way to ensure that this pet is with this paperwork. And so once you start your rabies uh, vaccination is set, then there for New Zealand, there's a blood test. Uh, that's required and and what that does is that basically checks the the levels in the pet to ensure that the pet doesn't have rabies and so there's a there's a first draw and then right now it's a three-month waiting period for New Zealand where then they check the numbers again So there's another blood draw so the pet's not traveling during that waiting period so they're gonna be waiting here in the U.S. and so that's what we tell people like like we got to plan these out because it's not going to be one week and we're going to be able to turn this around. Um, And so once we get all that clear, once we get all that approved, then it's now getting the the flights and the quarantine reservations and the New Zealand paperwork handled to ensure that the pet can actually hop on a plane, fly, arrive. Um, Mostly it's arriving North Island uh, from the states, So it is coming into Auckland where, um, one of the quarantine facilities, uh, New Zealand, different than Australia, is not a government run. They are privately run. So there's multiple options where Australia, there's only one, uh, quarantine facility in Melbourne where Auckland, we have multiple, uh, facilities, uh, that we're able to use. And then uh, they'll be in quarantine for 10 days. Um, great facility. I was just, at one of ours in uh, October, of last year, and just very happy to see uh, the vet coming in, uh, the government vet coming in, doing the, the final uh, checkup on the pet before the family came and was able to be there for the happy reunion, uh, mm-hmm. the kids crying and the dog mm-hmm. running out, and just the joy. Um, if it is going down south, uh, then after quarantine, uh, then we can book a domestic New Zealand flight um, and get the pet uh, down south
0: um uh, for their kind of final leg at that point so So, let me just say so going back to that three month period that you talked about with is that a quarantine in the usa or is it just the No, that's just
2: at your house wherever you know uh, so you can do that before you're relocating it's just basically a waiting period between when the first blood draw happens And then the second blood draw happens. And so it's basically just looking at these levels uh, that they're looking at and making sure that they're not any higher level. that The pet would show if they had rabies uh, on that. So that three-month period, there's no rules on where they can be, can't be, as long as they're staying in the United States. Um, And then each country coming into New Zealand will differ. So yeah. some countries will have different rules on that. And and that's where I think a lot of people do get confused, too, is if they are traveling. Um, we've seen it with cruisers or yachts that are going to different places. They're saying, well, what is this way? Well, it depends on where you came from and how you're coming in to where those rules kind of sit.
1: So is there any country that is uh, i don't know if you'd know the answers to this but is uh, is there a country that's easier than others like is there a country where it's like oh you're all right if you're from there you it's going to be fine to get your dog in but or you know and is there a country that's like super difficult where it's like oh you know you're going to you're going to have to go through these massive steps to get your animal over does it differ i'm just interested
2: yeah, uh, yeah. australia and new zealand always work well together um similar biosecurity r- uh, rules and laws and so it's always much easier to transfer between um the two than it is to come from the uk or the us on that there's also countries that um you know new zealand would say like we don't know the quality of paperwork coming out of those and so some countries in africa or south america where you know it might be impossible um to even import a pet from those locations and so and and those kind of those change over times too where countries the united states just did this last year where they actually embargoed 100 countries in one day from pets arriving from and and so they've kind of gone back and loosened it up a little bit but like even places like uh uae was listed and so we were like having to tell Customers, like if you're going there, we can't ensure that your pet could come back. Wow. And they've since last that, and now pets can if they at least got their rabies here. But it's just everybody's trying to manage the quality of care and vaccines in these countries and to ensure that if a pet does get vaccinated from rabies, that that vaccine is actually a proper vaccine and the paperwork is actually proper and so each country kind of makes their own rules on who they trust more than other countries Mm
1: -hmm. Mm do you know what i always thought that this is really ignorant but i just i always thought rabies was like an old-fashioned thing that isn't around anymore you know when you talk about rabies it's i think oh, surely dogs don't have rabies do they is it like a really is it a common thing
2: It isn't. Um, So US has been uh, canine rabies free for many years. Um, But there still is technical rabies in the United States with, you know, raccoon or Mm -hmm. so there is other wildlife that could carry rabies. And so because of that, we're listed as a rabies country. And so with any country that has the potential of having rabies, then that's where the extended rules come into play uh, on that. And that's why they kind of put those because New Zealand is protecting their country from that arriving. And that was the same reason the United States embargoed a hundred countries is they said, we've eradicated canine rabies. We can't have it come back. And so we don't know And it was a lot in COVID with um, people adopting like street dogs in the Caribbean and some of this that they just, there wasn't the paperwork to show, you know, uh, where the pet was and their vaccines. So,
0: Mm. yeah, I think, I think what it was, you grew up in the UK and that was apparently rabies free.
1: Yeah, it was just, it was something
0: about
1: it. It's like, well, surely that doesn't, but yeah, it makes sense to me now because it's like you say, raccoons and animal wild animals and things like that you don't think about that you just tend to associate it with dogs and that's it yeah. don't you yeah. but yeah so thank you for clearing and that it is up different. for me Brett. <laughs> yeah
2: and it's different because the uk could say the rabies free but another country could say the uk isn't rabies free yeah. mm. and yes. so the uk goes into rabies categories for certain countries right and so it's just interesting it's all into the the country of import and mm. What they decide, and and so where New Zealand, the U.S., uh, UK is probably the top two importers uh, coming in, and so have pretty similar kind of rules and standards for how pets arrive.
1: So, Brett, and I know we're going to put a caveat in at the beginning of the show, and I know this this question will change. It, it's not a set answer, but. And we talked about it earlier, didn't we, where we said the different countries are changing different rules all the time. So you have to do your homework. And we're recording this in March 2023. So this is, you know, as of now, but it can change at any time. But what is the if I had a Labrador, I'm living in the U.S. and I wanted to move him to New Zealand. What sort of costs am I looking at for that?
2: Yeah. So one thing we always tell people when it comes to pets is pets cost is based off the size. And so a couple kind of misunderstanding of pet travel is pets do uh travel in cargo. So your airplane is a nice round uh cylinder, uh usually cut directly in half. Passengers are up top, cargo's below. Cargo's very different than cargo was 15-20 years ago. So if you flew 15-20 years ago and you checked the bag. And it came out on the conveyor, a lot of times that bag was cold. And you remember grabbing it, and it was cold. Yeah. Now you don't ever have cold bags. Well, they used to not pressurize and climatize cargo down there. Um, and so it was colder. Now most aircrafts are completely pressurized and climatized. So where a pet is at is the same temperature, same uh pressurization as where we sit. Uh, so there's no difference uh, on that side. And But the way cargo works, where for passengers, you buy a seat. And if you're in first class, of course, you're going to pay more because your seat's bigger. And going back to economy, your seat gets smaller and you pay less. Well, they don't price it based off of how big of a person I am, but it's more how big of a seat uh, I want. Where pets they get priced based off how big their crate is. And so basically what an airline has done is they have quantified how much space is in cargo and they charge you for what you take up. So what your pet takes up. So if you have a cat, it's great. Uh, Small crate, small space, less money. You have a Great Dane or a lab, uh, you're going to pay more. So it doesn't really matter what the, pet ways um or the crate ways. It's more the we call it the dimensional volume, the size of the crate. And there are specific rules off of the crate. And so some people try to make a smaller crate to save money. And that's not the best for your pet. Mm -hmm. And so there are rules inches above their ears. They gotta be able to turn around, lay down with their legs out, because it is, especially if you're coming from the US, like that's not a short flight Mm. and you want your pet to be comfortable, uh, on that. And so what we always tell people when it comes to cost, it's really dependent on multiple factors. You know, if you're covering the vet work or we're covering the vet work, there are fees there, uh, in the U S most of our New Zealand goes out of California. And so we like the air New Zealand flights direct, get right into Auckland on that. But if you're started in New York, Now we have another flight, a part of the equation. Now we have to get you. And so when I, if I wanna go from New York to Auckland, I can buy one ticket. And even if I stop in LA and go on, it's still one ticket. A pet, you can't do that. Um, It's actually two tickets now because they have to stop in LA because there's that work that actually has to happen right before they fly. And in the States here, we have the USDA And they have to sign off on the pet leaving right before the pet leaves. And New Zealand actually requires a crate seal where they put an official seal on the crate that they know that no dog or cat has been changed in that crate since the USDA sealed it. So there's all these steps. And so it's always one of those hard things when people say, like, what is it? And so we always tell people, you know, you're probably looking in the five to $10,000 range, mm-hmm. depending on the size of your pet, depending on if there are multiple flights, if there are vet work included. You know, we have the quarantine cost um, in uh, Auckland. If you are down in Christchurch, and now we have another flight. And so it really is dependent because once again, if you are going from New York to Christchurch, where you actually got three completely different plane tickets yeah. and there's just, they don't give you a benefit of, Oh, well, you already paid for one. So yeah. I'll give you another yeah. one for cheaper. Um, and so there are a lot of kind of complications. And then as you mentioned, government rules change. And so sometimes there's a new paperwork requirement. And so now that's another government fee. And so what we've tried to do with people is be very specific on our proposals showing everything that's included. And because some people are like, well, you know, I got this price. And we're like, well, yes, somebody did give you that price, but they didn't show you that you're going to pay this much for quarantine. And you can't get to New Zealand without quarantine. So you're going to have to pay for that if they put it in or not. So we tell all of our clients, here's everything we're providing. Here's anything that you can do on your own, but here are what the costs are going to be so you yeah. at least know uh, a complete picture of what it's gonna cost to move your pet.
1: Yeah. I actually think that's, I think that's a good price. I was expecting more than, say if we went top top end, 10 grand, I actually was expecting more than yeah, that. I didn't know how much it cost, but yeah, yeah. It still
0: goes back to being cheaper than kids. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <the> and <laughs> multiple and multiple
2: pets do take that, you know, we've had New Zealand ones that have gone 40 plus thousand dollars. Uh, it all depends on how many pets, size, you know, if we're doing boarding in the U.S. uh, on that side. So there are so many different pieces that can change a price. And so that's why we, our team talks to you as a customer first, figures out what your needs are, and then gives a quote specifically for your needs. Because I don't want to show you boarding cost if you don't need boarding cost. Yeah. But if you're already in New Zealand and your pet's in the U.S. and you haven't started that process and now we're going to be boarding for three months in the U S that's a real cost there.
1: Okay. Then Brett, what about this? What about if I've got three young puppies who just want to stay together and I want to put them all in the same crate, please. So I'm just going to pay for one size crate and my three puppies can go in there. (laughs) Is that possible?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think so. I'm going to caveat this. There are <laughs> certain like routes where if it is under a set age and you can prove it's the same litter, they do allow, I think, two. I don't think that's New Zealand um, on that. Um, I know domestically in the U.S., uh, you can do two uh, from the same litter if it's under, I think, six months of age. Uh, what we see is there's not many puppies going from US to New Zealand just based off of the time. Yeah. Because by the time you're done with all the stuff, they're not a puppy anymore. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so the cute little golden retriever you saw in your picture now is, you know, 60, 70 pounds um, yeah. before they're arriving in yeah. Auckland. So
1: what is the most unusual pet you've ever like been asked to ship? <laughs>
2: yeah we've had some fun ones um we did a grizzly bear for a movie um oh and God. so from los angeles to cape town south africa um and so we had to arrange oh. that um we've done lions um we've done the aflac ducks in the states the insurance company aflac we've done their ducks um so yeah, we've done wow. some Hollywood <laughs> um, for movies and and so, but mostly uh, cats and dogs. It's just cats um, and
1: dogs. Does anyone ship yeah, rabbits? Ra- rabbits? Can you ship a rabbit?
2: You can. Um, I my daughter has three rabbits, and so I I love uh, little bunnies. And um, but uh, different countries have different rules again uh, when it gets outside of dogs and cats, and so. Mm-hmm. I did, we just actually helped um, a lady was kinda, I was tagged on Facebook uh, to a girl in need. Uh, She had uh, couldn't find a job in the state and lost her visa and was having to return home to Vietnam. And was just so sad because the bunnies were what kept her together during COVID. And now she was gonna have to leave her six bunnies behind. And then my heart string just like pulls because I can't imagine. My own daughter not being able to bring her bunnies, and and so um, we have successfully got them to Vietnam through Cambodia and ground into Vietnam, and it was very circuitous routing, but uh, they're back together, and we're very happy that we were able to kind of help help her keep her family together. So
0: that's a nice story. That's lovely. Well, another one. What? What about reptiles? Can you do reptiles like snakes? Yeah, each. Yeah, it's what we see
2: is like we call them companion animals, and so I'm not saying snakes can't be a companion animal, no. but when you get into what it costs to move a pet, you usually see the dogs and cats people are more apt to spend that. Uh, when you get into the goldfish and and hamsters, uh, people aren't as you know likely to spend. And each country, you know, the rules are so different. Um, mm-hmm. Some countries, it's a hard embargo. No. Um, these a- type of animals cannot come in. Other countries say they can. And so that's why you really want to talk to somebody that would mm-hmm. know to be able to say, okay, if it is bunnies, because uh, even the creating is different requirements. Mm-hmm. And so you can't just put a, a bunny You know and you know a certain crate that might be okay for a dog in certain countries it might have to be different and so but it really comes down to those individual countries on what they feel is available to come in and what they want some even on breeds uh some countries it comes down to breeds of dogs certain Mm -hmm. breeds are banned um Mm -hmm. and so stronger breeds sometimes are banned in certain countries um so some countries, if the ears have been snipped or yeah. the tail has been doctored, uh, those pets are not allowed in. And so it really kind of runs. Uh, that's why it's, our industry is very interesting because it is trying to figure out, okay, what are my rules here, but what are the rules there yeah. and, and for each pet?
1: Yeah, 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 and going back to that heartfelt, you know, the, the the girl in Vietnam. I just think this is a big question that comes up on the group as well. Is like these people are handing over their, you know, the 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 love of their life, their pets. Just did, did these animals get any like um, cuddles, or are they are they? Did they have much human contact, or is it just like no one is allowed near them because they're in like this crate? And how does that work? What 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 does that look like?
2: Yeah, uh, we try to make sure that pet travel is as stressless as possible. Now, travel is stressful in general. Um, For humans, it's stressful. I was just flying last week and just walking to the airport and seeing Mm -hmm. some people running with their bags. You got some people, you know, just stressed out at the ticket counter, and it's stressful. And so we always say, like, we we want to ensure that it travels as stressless as possible. And, but each pet is so different. And so there are ways to kind of help mitigate that stress. And so like one of the ways is if your pet isn't comfortable with their crate, we always recommend getting that crate ahead of time and getting your pet comfortable mm. with the crate.
0: That's one of the
2: idea. issues we see mm. is when a pet's not comfortable in that crate, they already can feel your stress and anxiety and so when you put them in that crate for the first time, and that's the time we're picking up to bring to the airport, like that's a very stressful time for the pet. So we recommend, we have like a three-week process where bring the crate in your house, keep the door open the whole time, but like throw a ball in there for the first week. Second week, put food in there. Don't shut the door. Let the dog come in and out, eat. Third week, put their food in there and shut the door while they eat. And then you let them out just as a way of kind of getting them used to it. And and we intentionally route, so if we go back to that, like New York to Auckland route, we intentionally route to give the pet breaks and travel. So while they do have to get to LA, they're going to be there a couple days, but they're going to be at a great kennel and they're going to be with people and they're going to be loved on and cared for. Um, when we get to the airport, they are like for New Zealand, they're sealed. Their crate is sealed. It's a government rule. Um, it's not our rule. And so because of that, like there can't be the pet coming out now, I've been in many cargo facilities, people love pets being there. And so this isn't this like, uh, there's a dog here. It's usually the cargo people aren't doing their job because they just (laughs) love this cute dog and a great cat. And so I've seen many times cargo employees talking to the pets. um, and, And I, because I think it's so important to use airlines that we can trust, I intentionally go around the world to visit airports to make sure that pets are actually being transported properly to ensure when we tell a customer going to New Zealand, that's why I was there in October, is to watch the whole process of how pets are coming off the airplane. And so once they do arrive in New Zealand and they get to quarantine, quarantine facilities are just amazing. Um, they are not, um, there, a lot of times there's TVs in the kennel runs for the dogs to watch TVs. The (laughs) catteries are great multi-levels. They can jump all around. They can put, um, siblings together a lot of times in quarantine. And so kind of, as they are traveling in separate crates, that when they get to quarantine, they're kind of back together again. Um, And and so you don't work in this industry if you don't love pets. And so you don't work at quarantine if you don't love pets. And so we all know that the pets are stressed, but we also know that the pet parent is usually much more stressed than the pet. And so it's mostly common the pet parents fear that, you know, they're not the only pet to ever fly. Millions of pets fly every year and so you know it'll could be a stressful 10 days as you wait um but it you know a lot of times quarantines will give updates to let you know you know that the dog's eating and going to the bathroom great and so those are the kind of pieces we try to make sure that customers know the process so they're less stressed
0: uh during it so the, the crate, do you get to keep the crate afterwards? Or is, is it just a, like a flying crate? Or is it like just like a precision crate?
2: Yeah, it's, it's a crate that most people don't want in their house. I was going to say. Yeah. Um, it's not. A lot of people use, like the, in the States, people use those wire collapsible yeah. crates that they use to crate train. Um, the ones that are allowed for pet travel, uh, here in the States we use kind of the rigid plastic. Uh, crates, uh, if you're coming from the UK, UK loves to build the crates, uh, specific for the pets. And so most of the UK crates are wood, um, mm. coming out. And so, um, it is, I'm an environmental guy. And so I hate it because I feel like it is a large waste of plastic or wood because you get these crates and it's kind of like, what do I do with it now? Yeah. So we do try to reuse as much as we can. Uh, people don't want them. Uh, we sanitize them, clean them back out and, uh, kind of, you know, but we, you know, we have a lot of people that go to New Zealand and then they get another change in their employment or something, and they are going to travel. And so we do have pets that, um, you know, we had a pet go back and forth to China. Um, gosh, I think 27 times, um, back and forth. And that was his owner's job twice a year, just went back and forth. And so. Uh, We always tell people if there is that chance, keep the crate because uh, you don't want to spend money that you don't have to. But it also still has to be in good working conditions. Sometimes people throw them outside Mm. and if that door is getting rusty or whatever, they won't be approved. Mm. And so they do have to be in good quality. Right.
1: I think it's absolutely wonderful that you are you're taking the time and the effort to come to New Zealand and walk through the quarantine facilities and look at all how these animals would be. I think that's wonderful, Brett. I'd really do. It's just, it's a testament to your company because you don't, you know, just being on the ground there and, and having it all firsthand, you know, I, I, I think that is such a reassuring thing. I think that's yeah. fantastic. Yeah.
2: So. It's really important to me. And, you know, I've always said for, for our company, and then for the industry, I want to raise that bar in pet travel. Mm -hmm. You know, pets aren't commodities, Um, they're family members. And so, you know, I I was working with an airline, uh, one of the largest airlines in the world, and I said, for your passenger side, the bar isn't, well, we just didn't die uh, when we fly. Like, that's not the bar we set. But for pets, a lot of times it's like, well, at least they're alive. And that's not how pets should travel. Uh, They're family members. They should travel as best as possible. Uh, We we know a lot about ways to mitigate stress in pets. We know airlines that really care about pets. And there are some great airlines. And sure, there's some bad stories out there. But, you know, all in all, for the percent of pets, like, it is a really safe way to transport your pet. And I I know, because we hear it every day of the week, like, Hmm. I can't leave a family member behind. I'm not leaving one of my kids behind. I'm not leaving my spouse behind. And so like, you know, I got to figure out how to make it happen. So what what does it take to do that? So, you know, we we keep that bar. Uh, I want to ensure people, our salespeople tell people all the time, like, we're not just telling you something, we're proving it. We've been on the ground. We've seen it. It's important to us. To actually do that, we actually even send videos. We film videos in New Zealand of quarantine, of this process from Auckland, just to say, like, this is important to us that we actually do this in the country, not just speak about it from the US
0: side. Yeah,
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's that's the thing, isn't it? It's
0: true. Is it true, Brett, that uh, pets can watch TV on the flight? (laughs)
2: <laughs> uh, they cannot watch tv on all oh, right uh, no no tvs uh down there um yeah no tvs um no eating even uh, and it's no tonic food spread. during travel <laughs> uh, yeah um, people do it's amazing what people do try to fit into the crates yeah and um, we tell people especially when you get into a country like new zealand with quarantine like things aren't allowed because yeah. they don't know what bug or could be in that yes. and so like we tell people like don't put the favorite toy in there don't put you know now it's common for like air tags the apple air tags to be slipped on so people can track yeah well those don't make it uh they get destroyed because air tags actually have a battery compartment yes and technically yeah. they say there could be a bug they got into that and we don't want that in our country and so we tell people all the time like you know let's let's put a nice bedding in there but after that, like, we don't want anything that has such sentimental value because it's not going to make it through quarantine. Yeah. They're not going to uh, keep those things for you. So no,
0: that's good to know.
1: Yeah. And oh god, right. I, I'm going to try and keep this short because I know this was the I'm, we've taken up quite a bit of time. But listen, if this this is the other thing that comes up as well. So. What about people who've got an animal that is really getting on a little bit, getting a bit old, and they're thinking, oh, you know, maybe we should put off our move to New Zealand for another three or four years because I don't think, you know, my dog will make it or the cat will make it. What, what would you say to people like that?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, and it's happening more and more often. We are keeping our pets alive longer, and there's been great new science, and you, you can do chemotherapy for your pet, um, you know. And so what we have seen is as pets have gotten older, you know, stress can have more of an issue on a pet. And so we tell people all the time, that's why you and your vet need to have a lot of conversations. You know, our role is kind of like the travel agent. We know the way to get your pet there, the documents. We're not vets. And so we can't tell you that, yes, your pet will do great or, you know, this issue they have uh, will be fine in travel. Um, you know, diabetes is, is a big one now where pets need an insulin. And what people don't realize when they come from the U.S. is, you know, New Zealand's a couple hours ahead of us, uh, time-wise. And so when your pet needs a shot, you know, twice a day at this time, but you know, they're in travel a decent amount of time where they can't get that shot. Airlines can't give those shots. Um, Most quarantine facilities won't give um, shots. And so there are some of these things we kind of have to walk through of what would prohibit any travel. If a pet is cleared to travel, then it's really working with your vet. And that's why in the US and most countries, there's called a health certificate. That has to be issued by the vet and it has to be issued within most times 10 days before their flight that's so right before their flight and it's a vet doing a full exam saying we feel from our expertise that this pet is fit to fly right. and so we take that and say okay if a vet is signed off and the customer has signed off then then you know we're moving forward with travel but we help people because we put it in three different categories. One is elderly pets, and elderly is also dependent on size. A large dog is elderly a lot of times at seven years old, where a small cat might not be elderly at seven. So we have elderly, we have pre existing conditions, and then we have breeds. Um, so flat nosed dogs or snub nosed dogs, be it like a, a French bulldog, Boston Terrier, sometimes they have a harder time just breathing normally. And so travel can make it harder. And so those three areas, we work with the customer and tell them, like, they need to have a different conversation with their vet that they wouldn't have if it wasn't their pet was in one of those categories. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we highly recommend that vet relationship is so important. Mm -hmm. Um, They're the experts in this. Mm -hmm. And so... And that's where you know, sadly, we we do we see it where somebody's moving and they're like, we know our pet's old, but we can't leave them behind. Mm-hmm. And and it's just one of those things we've seen it time and time again where pets have done those elderly pets have just they're troopers. Yeah, came out great, you know, not stressed at all. And so you just never know uh, when it comes to a dog or a cat. Um, but that conversation with a vet is really important.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's great advice. So is there anything else that I haven't asked you that you feel as if you would like to say?
2: Um, I think, you know, what we see is places like New Zealand, while it's really harder to get to, um, if you are looking that you're going to go there, but you are moving again somewhere else, just know a lot of times where you're going is going to be much easier um coming into the states mm-hmm. is so easy yep. uh there's no quarantine it, it's great uh it's very easy so if you are frustrated with the process to get to new zealand if you ever leave new zealand then you're gonna be like this is just a breeze this yeah. is easy <laughs> so um <laughs> that's brilliant and then and then second just plan ahead uh we have people that have already like booked travel for you know 2024 and and while we can't confirm flights or anything and th- and that's one thing people don't realize too is most airlines we can't book flights until like 14 days before travel wow and so there's not this like I can go ahead and book a flight for you know December uh today if I wanted to but most pets are only getting booked within a very short period of time and so um that's why it's important to kind of go through the steps And then we can ensure that things do run smooth.
1: Mm. Oh, I can see your dogs in the background. (laughs) Good timing for the dogs. Yes, uh,
2: I know. Uh, I have my parents, so we actually have four golden retrievers in the house right now. So, um, so I have my parents' two dogs and our two dogs. So,
1: and I just want to say for the record, before I let you go, I just want to say this because it's 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 admirable. It's just it's lovely. This conversation that we're having now was never going to be a podcast because we were trying to work out whether we should bring your you're 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 the top of your company aren't you this is your company that you own and we were trying to be like okay so shall we speak to your person on the ground in New Zealand and you have just sat here the head of this company and talked to us like I'm your best mate about travel pet travel coming into New Zealand and you don't know how reassuring that is for a for a a, a pet owner to just be able to talk to someone and one-on-one like that. And I can see you're an animal lover. And like I say, you come to New Zealand and your company is all about keeping that pet happy. And it's it's just lovely, Brett. I just want to say, thank you so Uh, much. I really do.
0: Yeah.
2: Well, thank you. We love what we do. Um, And we're blessed to have a great team behind us and many countries um, that get to get the beautiful videos back of the, family being reunited and so for us that is it's such an important piece we don't take it lightly um the stress that it can be on a family and so we we love we absolutely love what we do we're all animal lovers and so it's a great it's a great piece for us and what we do so
1: Oh. Oh, so <laughs> yeah. and on that note i'll be sure to leave yeah, on that note yes i'll be sure to leave all the links in the description but thank you so so much for taking the time and and sharing all you have to offer about pet travel to new zealand thank you so much brett
2: thank you guys i've enjoyed okay.
1: the
0: time yeah that's no, been too. great thanks very much
1: Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast this week. We have loved having you here with us.
0: If you love this week's show, please share this with your friends. Send it to anybody you know that wants to think about moving to New Zealand and get on over here yourself.
1: And tell them how brilliant it is as well. And also, if you haven't signed up for our free five-day video guide showing you what life is like, really like, in New Zealand, then go over to the website and sign up. You are missing out. This is brilliant. Go over to wwwnzahead slash free and we will send you five days worth of videos about what life is like in New Zealand. You are going to love it. So one more time, that website that you need to sign up for the free five-day guide is www.nzahead/free. Free. So we're going to see you next week. Until then, have a great week and we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Say bye again. Bye. Bye. <laughs>